Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Without Context podcast. I am Decavolti, as always, joined by Sharky Hat, and we've got X back. Hello. I hope you all had a happy new year. We had to, we absolutely had to to talk about our top 10 uh, favorite uh, or wrestlers who had a good 2022 or a great 2022 in some cases. Yeah. Uh, At the same time. Yeah, it's kind of a weird mix up for this episode. It's like top 10 for 2022, you know, top 10 for us, you know, just who entertained us. Um, Yeah. It wouldn't be a wrestling episode if we didn't talk about the most recent happenings, which to our understanding right now are uh, just speculation of WWE being purchased by, I believe it is called the Saudi Arabia private investment fund firm. It's a, yep. uh, I think like from what I, I think from what I saw, it's actually a part of the Saudi Arabian government. Yeah. Um, but that is unsubstantiated, uh, claims right now. Um, no talent seems aware of it and it has been debunked by, or at least challenged by a few other people. So that's kind of the, interesting happenings right now hey for the record don't you just love when something like this happens right when you're in the middle of planning something else yeah we're like it working on like, our we're sitting here working know, on our lists and everything and then it's like boom hey this is happening and it's like okay hey, well, we're um, gonna have to have a passing mention at least <laughs> it's like the pro wrestling universe goes hey guys i know you're working on this top 10 episode and it's gonna be really fun but Let's just go off the rails, like really off the rails for a second and just create all this drama. However, that's pretty much what we are. They are not free of uh, of blame because they still got Vince McMahon back as the executive. Vince is back. Stephanie's gone. And if you watched NXT the night before we recorded this, so that Wednesday, uh, some of the match finishes were very clearly like very Vince in nature. Yeah, so a champion, a championship match being ended by count out because um, a, a ring rope broke. That that stressed me out. It really did. <laughs> There's a reason they didn't uh, end the show with it. I think they opened the show with it, right? Yeah, no, that was a that was like you know it was the like middle the mid, of the show, middle of the show, and it's a good thing they didn't. Yeah, so that's a so that's a thing. So we have that to worry about for 2023, but. <laughs> whatever yeah. and if it happens uh, you know we'll talk about it so yeah uh but onto our top 10 lists we divided these into three different categories because uh and i'll get to these reasons in a sec but we did the male wrestlers we did female wrestlers and then we did tag teams as their own thing um for me at least it was really hard trying to justify with the way that american at least uh wrestling is booked it is very hard for me to justify having um a female wrestler in the spot of where where the men's is or taking a slot of a tag team and it just made sense to divide them up because uh women's wrestling is booked not great in america at least and unfortunately i can't speak for how it is in new japan or anywhere else but i assume it's it's only recently it's become recently a thing where you know new japan is presenting female competitors because stardom over there was their sister branch where they had just mostly they had all the women's wrestling it is booked uh a lot differently than the men's It's actually booked with most of the time less importance which is 
kind of upsetting at times. But yeah. that's why I felt like because uh, that question is like, hey, do we consider tag teams, you know, a full unit? And then it's just kind of broken to, you know, let's make three lists. So yeah. this is our top 10, top 30 wrestlers. <laughs> Top, so. top 30. Hey, you know, I'm just grateful that there was enough happening in tag team wrestling this year to even consider having a top 10 list for that. So yeah. I'm really grateful for that. I am. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm uh, very curious because we showed each other a uh, list and everything, but I like to hear, you know, the reasons why uh-huh. they're in certain positions. So right. uh, uh, I think let's just start with the men's. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to do uh, a. Yeah. Well, did anyone else have honorable mentions besides me? Uh, I, I had, had a couple. One. Okay, well, we'll start with that then. Um, I had an honorable mention of CM Punk, actually. I mean, um, he because came, he came in and, you know, did his thing and got hype around him. Yeah, and as much like he joined, at, what was it, late 2021? And then had uh, just banger matches with younger talent, which is exactly what he said initially that he wanted to do. He had Darby Allen. He had Dax Hardwood. He had uh, John, even John Silver. He got a good match out of, and I'm not not knocking John Silver, but like, you know, he got he got a compelling match with him. Yeah. Um, and uh, my personal favorite is uh, a match he had with uh, Max Caster, which is I think one of the matches where he actually injured himself. Yeah. So, but it was it was a good match. Uh, it was entertain. That was my entertainment entertaining match for me so i have cm punk as an honorable mention um i had kevin owens as an honorable mention because mostly because i think he started the year with this feud um with ezekiel so to speak you know which was you know elias with a shaved beard but you know he came back after wrestlemania i think last year and kevin owens just probably did some of the best character work through that whole you know through that whole feud and now he's just positioning himself to a point where he's just getting better and better every week. So, you know, from where he started last year to where he was now, or the way he is right now, I really feel like he has moved leaps and bounds. Yeah, Almost I mean, to where he was like maybe five years ago when he was a universal champion. So for me, he's an honorable mention for me this year. Yeah, I mean, it's also uh, it just a fan booking. He is scheduled to take on Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble, isn't he? Yeah, like that match has yes. been uh, set up. Mm-hmm. They're teasing the Sammy screw. They are. I mean, it's a good build to it, and a few of those uh-huh. names are on my list here, but uh-huh, uh-huh, some uh-huh. different reasons. Um, my honorable mention, uh, Kanosuke uh, Takashita, just for being how young he is, and just the work rate that he already has, and just the skills he has in the ring. I mean, he's still very fresh to me as a viewer, but I everything he's been in has just been a banger. Like the guy is just naturally talented, and I can't wait to see uh him move up the echelons a little bit in AEW or oh. more probably AEW, especially if WWE is bought out by the Saudi Arabian government. I think we're going to see like the golden age of AEW start to slowly form. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I. I actually have Kanosuke Takeshita on my list, so that'll be... When we get to that, we'll get to that. For very similar reasons. Yeah. Alright, so uh, at the beginning of this very long episode, this is probably going to turn out to be... Yeah, it's going to take it's gonna take a while. Yeah. Um, who do you have for I'm number 10, Deco? I have Chris Jericho. Alright. 
Um, I think Chris Jericho had a really good uh, 2022. He's another one who had a lot of good matches with younger talent, especially um, especially during his like you know uh, Ring of Jericho like whole thing when he was the Ocho. Um, I think he had some really good matches. Uh, I'm not I'm not particularly high on Chris Jericho. Uh, for what it's worth, and I'm putting him on this list because I cannot deny his his match quality with uh, a lot like in the role he's taken in AEW as like uh, almost like a, a mentor figure. And it shows yeah. in the way he's got like the JAS. He's got like he's got these great matches with these young up and coming talents. It's 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 really good to see for his age, too. He can still wrestle. It's absurd. Like he's still doing he's still doing moves like he did in WCW. He's still hitting line salts every now and then. Like and on top of that, he's still and he's still reinventing himself. And I had Chris Jericho on my list a lot he's higher, but I'll go into the that champion later. of reinvention. Like I don't think yeah, we're ever going to see a stale Jericho, even the older. I don't he think gets. we like, are either because he just knows how to just freshen up his character every once in a while to keep it interesting. And I, I appreciate that. I really do. Yeah, you know, eventually he'll get to the age where he can't wrestle, but I mean, he'll probably still have that personality as a manager or an on-screen figure of sorts, and he'll be able to continue that character work. Um, on commentary, I will say that. Yeah, he sucks on he sucks on commentary. He does. <laughs> Tries too hard to get himself over. It, it's rough. All right, uh, X, who'd you have for number ten? Um, surprisingly, I had MJF at number ten, but the simple fact that um. MJF had kind of a he had a stellar year, but mo I, and I understand that most of it was on the back end of 2022, but he did some really solid stuff at the beginning of the year. You know, with that feud with Wardlow that he had, trying to get him out of Wardlow, trying to get out of his contract. Um, but the thing was, the reason why I put him at number ten was because he had like a four month layoff in between because he got absolutely destroyed by Wardlow. I can't remember which pay per view was. I think it was Double or Nothing. Yeah, it was and one then, of them, um, uh, the squash match and then stretch yeah, it out. Yeah, and then he just disappeared for a while, and he was off television. I mean, he came back, you know, during the... I can't think he came back during the casino ladder match. With the new squad. somebody grabbed a chip for him, and... Uh, but like I said... Goons do his work. Right. Yes, I guess he used the firm in that song. Yeah, I guess he used the firm to get the, the chip for him. Yeah. He came back, and he kind of had a pseudo-face one, which I thought was interesting. Okay, it's, it's weird it because MJF was like a, he did come back leading the firm, and then within a few weeks he's feuding with the firm. Yeah, and then the feud's forgotten about. Yeah, like after was, they put him through the table before his championship match, and we were there that night, and I was there that night when that happened. So yeah, because yeah, that was it, um that was one of the AWs we went to. Yeah, it was just a weird turn of events. Like okay, cool, the firm turned on him. Ethan Page is turning on him, so we're setting up like an Ethan Page feud. And it's like, oh no, he's feuding with Moxley and Danielson because of knocking out Regal. So what happened to the Ethan Page storyline? It just disappeared. You know, we never finished that sub. We never finished that subplot, which you know I can't stand finished subplots, by the way. Yeah. But um, overall, that that's kind of why I couldn't put him any higher. Because I know he was a lot higher on my list earlier, but uh, during the first three drafts of this, but I just <laughs> could not justify putting him higher than 10 because of all that stuff that happened. Because he was kind of all over the place. Yeah, I think you know? uh, I mentioned it in the Discord last night. It seems like all of his feuds are the same thing. If you want to challenge me, you have to go through these trials. 
it's mostly promo work. Like we see him wrestle the big matches, but he doesn't wrestle much between then. And I was like, how long can that pattern continue? You know, like he needs to start showing us that he can actually like wrestle too. It's not just three months of talking and then losing or winning for some, through some means, then three months of talking and then another match. Like he doesn't wrestle often. He ended the year with a relatively soonish match between, uh, between having the match and, or between the match being booked and it actually happening with, um, Oh yeah. Ricky Starks was Ricky Starks. And I thought that was a good match. Um, I do. I do like, uh, I, I guess I like my heels and we'll see when I get to MJF, uh, he is on my list. Uh, I like my heels that even if they don't wrestle every week, they want you to, they want you to punch him. They want, they yeah. want you to have that face punch him in the face. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, see... I, I, that, those are my kind of, those are my kinds of heels. Yeah. I mean, eventually there has to be more to the package too, you know? Mm-hmm. You just kind of want to see MJF take that next step now that he's the champion, you know, instead of, you know, just doing the same old, you got to go through these trials to get a title match. I mean, we kind of need to see an evolution of MJF this year. Yeah. Otherwise, it's probably going to get old really fast. Um, My number 10, I have Roman Reigns for the simple fact that he is a good presence. But again, his matches are so predictable at this point. That it's like when the match comes on, I just don't even watch it because I know how it's going to finish most of the time. And it's kind of bumped down because he's not even the main character of his own story anymore. Sami Zayn is the main character of the Roman Reigns story. I think that's, uh, yeah. And it's like, um, I can so, see I mean, where you think that, yeah. He's definitely becoming like that Cena figure now where he'll wrestle the big matches and he'll have a presence, but it's going to be most of the time the same thing there's never going to be a lot of innovation i think like the most creative thing he's done in a match lately was letting brock lesnar destroy the ring with a bulldozer <laughs> you know like it's going to be that was pretty cool though it's gonna be he's in trouble the usos are going to help him squeak out a win but the thing is like he's a heel yes but it's been like that for every match he's had in months and it's just like, I, it's not entertaining to watch him in the ring anymore because you know how it's going to finish. It's entertaining to see how he furthers the Sami Zayn story. So, kind of, I wanted to put him higher, but it's just like him in general is just... He's there, but he's not the focus anymore. I have I also have Roman Reigns on my list. Uh much higher. Um I like I said, that's just the way I like my heels is like I like I want that person who's coming to the ring to be the one to like punch him. Right? I think and there's I, I think Roman Reigns does that. I but, think there's yeah, a and I also have him a lot higher on I think I have him a lot higher on my list also. The thing is, to your point, I get it, okay. Yeah, that's pretty much, you know, he's pretty much getting the Brock Lesnar style of booking, you know, where they have to do these things continuously with him. They have to, you know, make him seem like this unbeatable presence. But the reason why I have him much higher on my list, because with Sami Zayn in the mix, it kind of changed his character a little bit. And I'll get into that later. Yeah, I'll tell you why. 
the inherent difference though is that with MJF, it's not he's not always there. You know, like he's he'll show up and it's like most of the time when it comes down to that feud, it's the Usos wrestling, and they almost wrestle every week. But it's usually like the same kind of finish. With MJF, you get that you do get that less wrestling, but it's always for like the bigger matches. But if it's like yeah. week after week after week of just Uso Roman uh solo just doing the same thing over and over, it's going to kind of just like lose its you know, just can we get a different segment for one week? Like I I do I do think uh we we've hit the peak of like where it's gonna take us. So to your point, I see that, but I also see that it's going to change very soon. Yeah. Given the dynamic is starting to like splinter a little bit. They need to pull the trigger at Royal Rumble and have Sammy do something, either cost Roman or turn on Roman. You know, like they need to do something or swerve us, like swerve us, hit us with solo doing something. You know, like you have to change the story a little bit because I don't know how much longer I can take it in its current state. (laughs) You know? But yeah, that's why he couldn't be higher on my list, at least for me. Because I just don't get the same kind of enjoyment out of it every week. Ironically, I kind of feel the same about Bray Wyatt. Oh, yeah. Right now. That's why he's not not even on my list. Yeah, Bray's not not on my my list either. either. So I can't judge him. He's just there. Like, he's not doing anything. He just showed up. Uh Uh-huh. Shows up, cuts a a promo, leaves, doesn't elaborate. (laughs) It's the same case. Bray Wyatt's not even the main character of his story anymore. Uncle Howdy is. (laughs) Like, how are you not the main character of your own gimmick? It's just what the fuck? (laughs) It just it just works out like that. And and then I feel the same. Like they're pushing this Uncle Howdy character a lot further than Bray right now. And he's just kind of been relegated to background. Yeah. He's even in a Alexa Bliss story. Yeah, he's even in a Alexa Bliss story. It's like... Yeah. Oh, my God. And they talk about just how LA Knight fell off of that. But that's a whole different thing. Uh, move on to number nine. Yeah. Deca, what you got? All right. Uh, I've got Braun Breaker. I think very quietly, Braun Breaker has been having... A, he had a really quiet, great 2022. Because, you know, no one talks about NXT, right? Until um, last but night. But he's been like, the champion the whole... T- yeah, like half billion people that watch it still do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm one of them actually. By the way, yeah. Um, but like, no one actively talks about it, right? Like, no. you don't see it on social media. You see a couple people here and there talking about it, but I think he's had like a really good year. Like in 2022, he was uh, going up against. Uh, he went against Ziggler in 2022, right? Yes. On, on Raw, that's where he. That's where he like won the won the NXT Championship back. Yeah, which he didn't win at WrestleMania, which is bonkers to me. But whatever, booking decisions not my not my thing. But like, he still he still won on national television. Yeah. Um, and I think I think just like from then on, like yeah, they like watered him down a little bit with his you know really shitty singlet that they gave him. Yeah. For for Raw, like. You, you you guys know who this is, right? Like, uh, but he, he made he made the best of he he made the best out of it, right? Yeah. He did. Uh, and and uh, he's he's he had that one. St- he referenced his his big papa pump 
uh, they did the math promo. They did the Steiner math. He did in math. a promo. <laughs> they referenced the Steiner math in a promo. Um, and I think he's had a really good year. Um, I think the Worlds Collide match with Tyler Bate was like the the peak this year for him. Yeah, I mean, um, Tyler Bate will make anybody look good in the I, ring. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, yeah, that definitely helps. But uh, he won and he he's continued to have the belt pretty consistently. Yeah. Till uh, last night where he won it via countout because the ring broke. <laughs> Which yeah, is a well, weird booking decision. <laughs> that's 2023, that's not 2022. Right there. Who you got for uh, number nine, X? Um, I had Seth Rollins at number nine. Um, He has had one of the more stellar 2022s. Without, well, without really winning a major title. I mean, he won the United States Championship. A couple months ago, but Seth Rollins has had a really quiet and stellar 2022. He started this year feuding with Cody Rhodes, and to me, that was one of my favorite feuds of 2022. Okay, the way those two went back and forth, the chemistry, the matches they had, they were all brilliant. And Seth Rollins just made it work in such a fantastic way, especially when he came out in that uh, steel cage match with Cody, and um, when Cody had the separated um, pec muscle. Yeah. He came out with the polka dots as as a way to kind of get inside Cody Rhodes' mind. And then he just quietly transitioned into being a face because that theme music he had was getting over so much, so quick. And uh was... overall, like I said, he's just made he just made it work. You know, rather than just kind of like, you know, rather than just not, you know paying attention to it at all or not doing anything about it he kind of started leaning into it yeah i mean ultimately but, turned him face eventually he has a good feud against a good heel in austin theory like yeah he did was his match with roman this year where he showed up like wearing the shield going doing the shield entrance this year that was early in the year or was i think that, i think it was i'm not sure yeah that's oh. So, so, well, my point of that is like, yeah, he has a history of like showing up in an outfit that means something to one of the, one of the other people in that in the ring. Because he's really good at irritating the person he's going against. Yeah. Yes. It's in the mind a games. good way. He loves yeah. mind. He, he, he knows how to play mind games. It's really so, good. yeah. And on I'm, top of that, yeah, he had a really good feud with Austin Theory, which is still continuing on. And um, I'm, I'm really starting to enjoy that. That's been one of the highlights of Raw. The last several weeks or so so yeah, yeah that's I, why i have him at number nine yeah it was the royal rumble of this year so about a year ago so yeah but uh yeah yeah i mean he's he did have a good year and he is like slowly transitioning to uh face against the heel in austin theory and if the things are to be believed a soon-to-be heel bobby lashley so it's gonna be a good uh u.s title picture uh inverse what are you saying? Oh, I was just going to say, it should be a really good uh, match there. Yeah. Uh, inverse 2X, I have Cody Rhodes at number nine because of the same reasons. Uh, he wrestled <laughs> three banger matches against Seth Rollins, and he did one injured to all hell. Like, and I mean, the electrifying return, which everybody saw coming three great match four great matches because he faced the Miz yes prior to Rollins Uh and uh he faced the Miz like after Rollins and then the whole Rollins feud continued and you know he's 
it's obvious he's coming back for the rumble like they're doing the vignettes and everything for him so we're about to see the return of cody rhodes don't forget he started the year losing the tnt championship in a in the unification tnt match that was that was 2022 he did yeah that was a yeah, uh, lost he lost it to sammy guevara and then fell off the fucking face of the earth for six months yeah and then wrestlemania and then yeah showed up at wrestlemania beat rollins clean three times like it's mm-hmm. it's wild that they were just <laughs> that rollins took that three match losing streak like that <laughs> well it, and because he's on your list uh x like it just goes to show that he didn't suffer for it at all oh no, no he, not he, the least bit he got out of the feud because of cody's injury and then he went right into a great feud with austin theory and took uh-huh. the uh the third most successful member of the shield insult and austin theory got it <laughs> when moxley you know, was champion is- and the thing is, Austin Theory got a really good reboot this year. You know, yeah, he did. They kind of got him away from the stupid, you know, selfie this thing. One. They got him away from the stupid selfie taking uh, gimmick, and they just made him a lot more serious and a lot more angry. And I kind of, I am really enjoying Austin Theory right now. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe he might make my end of the year list this year, depending on what happens. Well, I'm yeah. looking at the time and I'm looking at the list, and I'm like, this might have to be a three parter. <laughs> so it's probably going to. Uh, uh, I'm- Totally fine with this being a three-parter. So, see what we can get through. That started kind of late. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to number eight. Who's your uh, uh, number eight for twenty twenty-two? I got Wheeler Yuta. Nice. I think I think Wheeler Yuta had a breakout year, like matches against Brian Danielson, against you know John Moxley, against like. You know, and then joining the Blackpool Combat Club by literally painting it with his own blood was metal as hell. Yeah, he's that, and, that and was he's, a moment for Wheeler this year. He's relatively young, and I mean, they put the uh, Ring of Honor title on him too. So, uh-huh. I mean, the thing we've noticed about AEW and Tony Khan is that he's definitely hiring the younger guys. He's prepping for that transition period from where all the current guys, you know, are starting to leave. And we have this new generation of wrestlers coming in where I think, uh, WWE is kind of lacking in that regards, even with their NXT people. I think a lot of those people are still, they're still young, but they're older than I think the people that AEW are bringing in. Yeah, so we're going to see a nice little like next generation roster on AW if you know things go well and people stay and all that. Yeah, I think but, I think, yeah, he it was it was good. I think yeah, I he mean, just broke out this year. Yeah, I mean, he started with best friends, proved himself in the match with uh, Moxley and Danielson, joined them, mm-hmm. was featured on TV a lot, you know, got the exposure teamed with, you know, Teamed with Cesaro and Danielson he, and Moxley. He even, he even had those. He even had those matches against like uh, MJF this year. I think that was that was this year. Uh, MJF that was a few was, months ago. Actually, MJF was this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. He had the short feud with Garcia, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he won the pure title back from Garcia. As a matter of fact, at the last Ring of Honor pay per view, yeah. which was a, I, I would recommend you go check that match out if you haven't. It's a banger of a match. Who do you have for eight, X? Uh, for number eight, I had Swerve. Um, 
Swerve's on my Swerve list. He's definitely really, higher on my list, though. Yeah. Because the thing is, Swerve is really out here proving exactly why WWE made a mistake letting him go. He's okay. just proving why Hit Row was just good. proving why. Because <laughs> Swerve just has... I've been a fan of Swerve since he was Kill Shot at Lucha Underground. Yeah. Because he had a banger of a match with AR Fox in they that call, promotion. They, they ran it, it back. Violent. They ran it back this year, and it was still just as good. You know, but I would recommend you go see that as well. Swerve and his character work are just top-notch. I've got nothing but good to say about Swerve. Okay? He's really cool on camera. He comes out. He just has his own style. He has he like swagger. his own charisma. He, like, he just has hell of a charisma. And he had a really funny segment with Billy Gunn uh, over around October. It was around Halloween. Yeah, when he, he kidnapped kind of, Billy Gunn. He kidnapped <laughs> Billy Gunn and snapped his finger or something. I, I like <laughs> Crazy like Swerve. Psycho right there. It was very short-lived, but I loved Crazy Swerve during the uh, Swerve in Our Glory acclaimed feud. Yeah, I really wanted more Psycho Swerve in that situation because I wanted to see how far he would really take it. Was that more of was that more of a callback to Killshot in, L- in Lucha Underground? I think Killshot no, was more of a mercenary, was... like hired by. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. This is just Swerve being the absolute psycho. In this, this, is a, this is just Swerve being Swerve. This is Swerve doing yeah, character. Okay. Um, it's it's in his got... name, right? Yeah. And uh, now he has his fact, and he has his faction with mogul affiliates now, which um. We we have Parker Bordreau, who was I forgot his name in NXT, but uh, that's oh, he Parker was that, Bordreau. He was that there. guy that was supposed to be like the next Brock Lesnar. Yeah, yeah. well, he they, they paired him up with Joe Gacy, I think, before uh-huh. you know Joe Gacy had schism. But um, there was him, and then there's this dude who they still, which they still haven't revealed his name yet. Uh, somebody did. He's, he's like a, a former f- MMA guy. I yeah, think. no, no, he's a former baseball player. Former baseball I player. looked it up myself. But for some reason, they haven't revealed his name yet on AEW television. So I don't know. I guess they're just kind of keeping him in the cloud of mystery until they get around to doing something with him. But other than that, you know, Swerve has just been on this year. And uh, this year, I kind of want to see him, you know, either holding. I want him as world champion eventually. But in the meantime, I want to see him win either the TNT or the All-Atlantic Championship. I can see him I definitely think he being. Would do that division hella good. The All Atlantic seems like it fit him. That seems like it's their work, their workhorse title for this company. You know, it it's, is. It's not given to the people that get the TNT title are people that people like being seen on TV. Like that's why they gave it to Darby because he was popular. They gave it to Wardlow because he was popular. The All Atlantic title Joe. seems to be like, hey, these guys are never going to be like the face of the company. But these are the guys that will always do the work in the ring. Which is why we've had... Or, or is that what we're calling Orange Cassidy? I mean, he a can work. Horse. He can work. Yeah, he can. I mean, his gimmick, okay. his gimmick might be hit or miss for people, but like he can actually like wrestle when the match calls for it. And he was... Yes. Uh, if I had to do an honorable mention... Uh, well, he's I have best friends as a tag team. But uh, him and Kip Sabian are in a great feud right now where Kip Sabian is actually making him like lose his cool in the ring and like almost attack the ref and everything. Like we're seeing character changes out of him too. So it'll be interesting to see him and Kip Sabian. I I think I'll like him more when, when he does that, but that's not about him right now. Um, yeah. So Swerve is great. Um, yeah. Yeah. My number eight, I had Eddie Kingston. 
not not for any like work weight rate reason or anything i mean his promos are great and you know he can he's good in the ring when he needs to be but the reason i put him on the list is just that classic image from the blood and guts match of him blood covered with a gasoline can i'm like this <laughs> if somebody asks like what is wrestling it's this like this is the grand, like, the grand theft auto still image this is the grand theft auto loading screen of eddie kingston <laughs> <laughs> Just ready to set somebody on fire, which is uh-huh. well within his character to do so. It was, yeah. and I mean, like that's all I put it. It's like it. If I had to think of iconic twenty twenty two wrestling moments, it's Eddie Kingston with the gas can, like coming down to yeah. set Chris Jericho on fire. <laughs> like, <laughs> so that's the only reason I put him. I had to put him on the list. It's like that's because that is definitely gonna be like one of the like iconic images I think for AEW when people talk about it. Uh, let's move to number seven. I have Konosuke. I actually have Konosuke Takeshita here. For the bangers um, that he puts on. <laughs> yeah, nothing like, and I think what I like about him most is that he has worked with different types of people. He's worked with like a Cesar Bononi, who's like this six foot dude. Uh, he's worked with um, Claudio Castagnoli, John Moxley, you know, all these different styles of wrestling. Uh, and he's had just banger performance after banger performance. Um, if you don't, if you haven't seen him, his matches on on AEW Dark in particular, you're missing out. Also, you, by the you time you gotta watch them. When this episode goes out, he'll be on Rampage going against Dan, Brian Danielson, which is going to yeah. be probably that, a match of the year. That's on Friday, yes. I think it's on Friday. Ah, oh, shit! Is that a Friday Dang, match? I thought it was. A I, I thought it was today. I'll double check. I don't want to be wrong on the we, internet. We record, we record <laughs> on Wednesdays, by the way. So it is so it's so going to be a banger. I it's going it. to be a really good match. I just it's, don't want to. I just don't want to be wrong on the internet. I want AEW to put together more matches like this. This like, is what I was hoping for when they signed all them people. Like even 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 taking this match. Nope, it's and, a tonight. Not, tonight. It's tonight. Yeah, I thought I thought it was tonight. Good. So if you did, if you uh, haven't watched it this recording. week, go watch it. <laughs> This is going to be a three-parter because I'm going to watch that. We can't predict the ending, Um, but we can know it's going to be a banger. (laughs) It's going to be a banger. Actually, I can Uh, predict the ending. He's probably going to lose because of the whole MJF and Danielson. You have to win every match before our championship. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a really good match. You should watch it if you haven't already. I mean, him and Hangman watching this. Him and Hangman put on a fucking fantastic match. And there's still people that say that Hangman can't wrestle. It's like he can't. Hangman, he can't. Hangman's Hangman's good. I I think his storytelling is a little off sometimes, but his he character can work a good does match. need a little bit of work. But like when Hangman's like put into that position for the match, he will give you the match that you are expecting. And every now and then, Hangman will just cut an amazing promo. Every now and then, when he just, I, he just brings I, it out of nowhere. I really like. I actually deeply like the promo that CM Punk cited as like a personal attack. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was actually a good promo. I was like, I don't know. He was. He's had some good promos in this feud with Moxley too. Like he's definitely yes. shown like a little bit of uh, a little bit of like the edge to himself. Like, cause he, ha- he has to stand against Moxley. Now it's out of the first four champions. These are the only two that haven't come face to face with each other. So mm-hmm. it's, I can see that that match is probably going to be fucking great too. Yeah. Uh, who do you got, X? X, who you got? Uh, I got Jay White, the Switchblade, at number seven. He's number, um, six, going number six. Going to WWE. 
well, he could be going to WWE or AEW at this point. But Jay White, you know, we don't talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling often. And um, I really think that's a really underappreciated promotion. If, if that promotion had more eyes on it, I think they would appreciate some of the talent they have there, especially Jay White. Yeah, This dude is such an incredibly talented individual. And he single-handedly, you know, he single-handedly kind of carried New Japan Pro Wrestling for like some of 2022 until he lost the belt, obviously, to Okada, you know, because Okada's the ace. Let's just be real about that. Yeah. But when you put Jay White in those type of situations where he has to carry the company, he just does it flawlessly. Yeah. Um, and I'm always intrigued every time he's on television because he's such a presence on there. Like, you just feel something... You feel something sinister about him whenever he's on TV. And I think he popped up on... Um, you know, he was on the uh, Forbidden Door pay-per-view. He was on the Forbidden Door. He was also in AEW programming before that. That was and the... the uh, built up. And he, I think he was on Impact a little bit this year also, if I remember correctly. During the big crossover, year, the big season of crossovers. Yeah. Yeah, so Jay yeah. White was he was on like a big US tour, but he just seems like a force of nature whenever he's on television. And it just pulls me in. I that really enjoy uh, Jay White. Was huh? that the fatal four way match? Yeah. Uh, that's Adam what Cole, Jay Adam White, Cole Okada, and Hangman. Was yeah. That, no, yeah. Uh, we haven't seen Adam Cole since. Yeah, that was the match that uh Cole suffered the second concussion in a short span of time. And uh, yeah. he hasn't yeah. been seen on TV since. So, but yeah, that that that's why I have a number seven. So, respect. I I just I just you know whether he goes to WWE or AEW, I, I'm already interested yeah. because wherever he I, ends up, he's just gonna absolutely kill it. I would yeah. be more interested if he went to AEW to keep more of his character intact, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially, like I said, with all the stuff going on with the sale of the company, we don't know who's going to get it. There's rumors that it's Saudi Arabia. There's rumors that it's Disney. And it's just like, God if you want if you want pure wrestling, I think people are going to start looking to AEW with a little more, you know, hope to the promotion now. Especially a lot of fans of WWE are pissed off that if this goes to Saudi Arabia, they're done. Like, this is, I the, think this this is the one thing it, that they can't like support about this company anymore yeah yeah knowing how knowing how this country feels about saudis as well uh about the saudi arabian government as well not necessarily people but the government uh that that might be a thing that puts more eyes on the aew product i mean but that's not a here the lgbt you know performers Sami Zayn, mustafa ali like if if the government MVP. runs things like what's going to happen to them as performers, you know, are they going to be on TV? Are they going to be fired? You know, is it like what's stopping right. them from pushing that if they want to put that on TV, you know, in their country kind of thing, exactly. you know, it's like, I don't think a Saudi Arabian company would be happy if Sami Zayn eventually walks out with a championship title around his waist, you know, like, and he has to be on TV. Like, I don't think they'd, agree to that plus going right. back to a private company they can do whatever they want if that is the case you know because that was they one thing it's saying the rumor said that they bought it and they were going back to private which means that they can do whatever they want again yeah. those rumors are unsubstantiated right now but that's the report that was given to somebody from somebody within wwe it's all up in the air right now but it's a 
crazy situation to even have that be leaked even if somebody's like i'm just gonna make this up it's like why would you make up something like that you know like to have something to have something in the collective consciousness like that is yeah kind of fucked um anyway getting off that because until that happens i don't think we're we should uh talk about that right right further spread that rumor um my number seven again inversely to x is okada <laughs> proving i actually have okada next <laughs> i have i have jay white as six so, um okada, okada not uh, he's on the list he's not higher on the list because he is proving that he is just new japan's john cena which is inverse thinking today they're yeah they don't want to keep putting titles on the gaijins they don't want him to like leave or go to other promotions it's like hey we're going to put on okada okada's the guy he'll be here for us he'll perform we can trust him to carry the company to be fair how many times did that happen like that happened with what is it omega. moxie with moxie. omega yeah mm-hmm. and that happened with jay that's happening with jay white it's not just a set of circumstances the guy's a great fucking wrestler. <laughs> like, yes. It, even though he is like, there for a reason, you he is there. They are trusting him to carry the company because the guy can just the guy can work. I mean, and, he's been my number one for many years now. You know, well, well up until this year, but, I wouldn't you know, know about Kenny o- o- Omega. Has always been the best to me. I wouldn't know about Kenny Omega without knowing about Okada. Because of their trilogy right. of matches. Because with like, that, because without Okada, you have oh, no, no, no Omega. Okay, yeah. he's the one who pretty much made him a household name. Yeah, it's fucking wild. Um, yeah, so he's just, he's definitely proving why he's one of, he's like the pillar of New Japan. Uh, For sure, the pillar. We'll go to six. Uh, I also have I also have him, so I'm gonna keep talking about him. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things that's remarkable about him, as I as I we transition to my number six pickup. I'm just gonna Kizuchi real Kizuchi quick. Kizuchi I'm gonna Okada. my six is my six is Jay White for the same reasons that Xavier uh, pointed out. But it's the <laughs> fact that they chose Okada over him, which is why he or he yeah. helped elevate Okada more. And he is a great <laughs> yes. performer, and he is a great personality, and everything with Bullet Club is great. Um, I want to see where he goes. Is definitely he's definitely used, for you that faction. I had the uh, just a little side thing here. I had I've suggested to yeah. uh, my buddy Josh that if we could get every wrestling promotion to cooperate, just do elimination chamber with all of the former Bullet Club leaders. <laughs> I'd be down for that. I'd be down for that. Just let them. Just like just do. Six men, like five have, or six men in the elimination chamber. You would have Balor. Oh, yeah. You would have Styles. Balor, uh, Styles. Cole, White. A White. Cole, Omega. Omega. Yeah. yeah, just all of them in elimination chamber. Jesus. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, I'd be that's, down for that. That's fantasy booking. I, 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 that's, I, don't, I, I, would, I would take that. I would take the elimination chamber away. I would give, I would do like that five man hell in a cell match. Yeah. It's just I would like just give them my money. Yeah, <laughs> that's fantasy booking. That's my. So. That's why. That's fantasy booking. Yeah, but yeah I would mine's just give them my money. My number six, Jay White. He's great. He uh, he gave up the title because he is leaving, and he helped elevate Okada in the process. The match was phenomenal. So let's hear you guys talk about Okada. I was say, <laughs> my, oh, did we both pick Okada here? Who do you? Uh, oh yeah, who do you have for six X? 
Uh, I kind of went a different direction with number okay, six. We'll do I got Shane first. Okay, 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 cool. Uh, so I think one of the other things I like about Okada is that he's, oh. again, worked with like people of different sizes. Like he's worked with Switchblade, and then he's also worked with Jonah. Yeah. Like I have Jonah next, so we'll talk about that later. But like, yeah. um, he he's he's he has he can adapt his style and. And he makes it look like even if it's going to be like a typical Okada match, like he just flips it just enough to be entertaining and different. Yeah. Okay, I'm done. Now, tell us about the <laughs> banger year that Seamus had. <laughs> oh, boy. Number six is Seamus for me. And um, why he's, why he's at number six, Seamus had probably the best bangers of 2022. Especially that match with Gunther at Clash at the Castle. Ooh, man, the strength man. of that match alone put made me put him at number six. I watched that match and I watched that match again afterwards, and I'm like, this is the kind of pro wrestling I grew up with, where it was just big dudes just beating the bare shit out of each other. Okay, Sheamus had those kind of matches this year against Drew McIntyre multiple times. Gunther was the best one for me. He's pretty much formed the Brawling Brutes, which, you know, uh, I still love Pete Dunne, a.k.a. Butch, and Rich Holland. I mean, regardless of how you feel about Rich Holland. I love like Rich Holland. I know, for obvious reasons, and I get yeah. it. We've covered that already, but <laughs> uh, Seamus is just at... To me, he's kind of been where he was years ago when he first came out, and he's come full circle. Like, back when he was like, in the main event picture in the WWE Championship, he was putting on these kind of matches. And I think he's been really underappreciated for so long that we just finally started to realize how good he really is in those type of matches. He came out Sheamus and reminded was just us. Entertaining as well. He reminded huh? us how good he is. Came out he just reminded us. Because it just took me right back to, like, you know, the early to, uh, 2010s and 2009, where he won the WWE Championship, and he was just so good. Okay, was, so... I. I was there live when he won his first WWE championship off of John Cena, just out of the blue. And I remember everyone like online was like, oh, my God, they botched the finish. I was like, I saw that shit live. That happened. <laughs> Wait, they thought they that was the meant finish. to happen. Wait, they thought he did botch the finish. They, they, wow. uh, people online thought that they botched the finish where John Cena like slipped and fell off on the table and they had to like go with it. Oh, yeah. you got to be shitting me. That makes that even better. <laughs> No, but like you I saw like, no, glimpses. No, I, was there, I was there live. That happened. Yeah. Yeah. Even before this year, you saw glimpses of that reminded you just how good Sheamus was when him and Cesaro were tag teaming and yeah. all that too. Like, Sheamus has always been like that sleeper hit on the WWE mm -hmm. roster after kind of like fading to the background a bit. But like as he slowly came back to the forefront, it's like, oh, this man is an amazing wrestler. <laughs> No, you know what? Seamus reminds me of, you know, those sleeper hits that came out. Well, you know, the hit that comes out like back in the 80s. Yeah. And then like 20, 30 years later, TikTok like, makes Holy it popular. Shit, this awesome. it <laughs> I was like, oh shit, this is actually a really good song. That's Seamus. And the notion that's the wrestling version of that. That's who Seamus is. He's just that good. You know, that he just reminds you just how fucking good he is when he gets in the ring and has matches like that. Yeah. So yeah. It's a, I mean, he's great, and I can only hope that, you know, that it gets better for him 
I think he deserves I another run. Too. After everything Bro. with the Bloodline story is over, I hope Sheamus can get another run with a title before he uh, I, finally hangs it up. I want him I, to win the Intercontinental title to complete his Grand Slam. Yeah. You mentioned that he was like a song from the 70s that's getting popular now. Rocksteady by The Whispers, that one that's getting popular on Facebook because people keep humping their phones. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> Um, that that's and it's it goes full circle because uh, Seamus played either Bebop or Rocksteady, and I forget which one in the Teenage Mutant. It was the second, but it was the second most recent Turtles movie I remember. Yes, yeah, yeah. The Michael, yeah. The Michael Bay ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, so, uh, but that that was that was what went around for me. That was funny. I thought yeah. I drank that fact out of my head for a while back, <laughs> and that Michael Bay actually directed Turtles movies. <laughs> Damn. Let's move, anyway. on to, let's move on to uh, five. All right, I have uh, Jonah, like I mentioned, uh, who you guys know as Bronson Reed. Look, if he wasn't, if he didn't go back to WWE, he would have had a program with Okada. He got a win off of Okada in the G1 Climax. Yeah. That is huge. That is maybe the biggest honor you could have gotten for just like a, a, a random, really. Like he was before that, he was an impact for a while. Yeah, uh, he showed up at Impact after his well, release, and then he showed up in uh, New Japan. You know and, what? Yeah, I really think he would have been IWGP champion. I think he's so not left. I think the thing is, I, I don't. The type of guy I think for. they weren't going to put the title on him, which is why he let his contract uh, run out. Like I think the end of the feud, he wasn't going to get it, which is why he let himself, you know, expire the contract time. Yeah. It was weird. He showed up, helped the Miz, and hasn't been seen on TV. Like, <laughs> which is a and it's a damn shame because he's the perfect type of person to hold the IWGB World Heavyweight Champion. You know yeah. they've had champions like that in the past where they've just been big monster dudes. And New Japan I, ain't afraid to put those titles on guys like that. Uh, and I I think he I think he did a remarkable job of like I don't know if he's necessarily reinventing himself, but he's like showing what he can do with a with a fuller set of with more time to wrestle yeah because uh, mm-hmm. i think the match with okada was uh you know quite a quite a long time um it was the main event for that for that evening too yeah it was like night 13 or something like that of the g1 climax mm-hmm. and then they and then they ran it back and okada got his win back of course but like i i think he had a remarkable 2022 for somebody who didn't who like Spent 2022 getting released, right? Yeah, right. Which uh, I think he made the most a, of it. That's another thing. Uh, a little tangent here for the WWE. The FTC is uh, looking to outlaw non-compete clauses in contracts. I read yeah. about that. So Good. if that goes they through, that would mean that the WWE cannot put a time limit on people finding new work after being released. What that means is if you fire somebody... They can show up on AEW or some other television program the Imagine following week. Imagine being fired Wednesday morning I'm and arriving at AEW Wednesday night. <laughs> like, that's some WCW shit if I ever saw it. That is some WCW shit. That's some Jarrett shit if I ever saw it. Who do you got for uh, number five, X? Uh, I got Cody Rhodes. Okay. Um, for reasons we explained earlier about Cody Rhodes, I found out this year just how tough he is. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, built different. The guy's super <laughs> fucking tough. Like you don't see. I mean, you see Cody Rhodes. He just looks like this bleach blonde dude from fucking Venice, California. He's perfect teeth and the perfect face and all that shit. But you know, Cody Rhodes is his father's son. 
He yeah, is yeah. he he has proven he's he's sort he's of dusty. Just as, he's just he's, as tough as Dusty. He's just as tough as Dusty, if not tougher. He's from Atlanta, Georgia. This dude went into a steel cage match, weapons and everything of all things, with a torn pack muscle. When he put that coat off at that pay per view, I looked down and said, "There's no fucking way they're gonna go through with this match." But yet Cody went through what 15, 20 minutes a with a torn back. Match, yeah, yeah he was a sort of full match. match, and then probably instantly you know, went to the hospital afterwards. <laughs> yeah, obviously, he got to the but, back room. He no, like, he went to Raw the next night, and then he went to the hospital. <laughs> but you can't tell me that somebody who does that, you know, tears his pec muscle. Well, maybe a couple nights before a pay per view, and he has to go out there and wrestle a 20, 25 minute match. Jesus, man, this dude is dedicated to what he does. And think, that showed me a lot this year. I learned a lot about Cody Rhodes. Couldn't be I think me. the most remarkable thing about it. Throwing up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, same. I think the most remarkable thing about it is that like he he did all that and he did it because he wanted to, not because yeah. like, you know, some make him. some stooge to, told him to. Yeah. No, he wanted to go through with this because he needed to be out there. And um I, I just I just hope that when he returns. They put they do right by Cody Rhodes for that because that's the yeah. kind of guy you put the title championship on. That's, that's, that's the, the kind guy of person you immediately that put the title on, yeah. Yeah. You know, because and on top of that, you know, he started out the year as a TNT champion, like we mentioned earlier. He lost he had that incredible match with Sammy Guevara. And uh, you know, he set him up on the way out and Sammy kind of screwed it up a little bit, but that's another <laughs> story for another, you know, you know, another episode. <laughs> yeah. Going to uh, my number five, speaking of Sami Zayn. <laughs> I have Sami Zayn at number four. We're doing it against Sharky. <laughs> you know what? Ironically, so do I. <laughs> so Sami Zayn for all the Sami reasons. Sami Zayn at number five for all the reasons mentioned in the Roman Reigns uh, explanations. Sami Zayn is the main character of the current Bloodline story. Uh, he's doing fantastic character work. He's doing great comedy. You know, he's having these moments in the matches like hitting KO with the low blow. It's and just like solidifying his alliance. He's had a great year just being this like originally like stooge character to the bloodline. And now he's uh-huh. like he is just becoming the main character and the focal point of a story mm-hmm. where I'm pretty sure he's going to be the one to ruin it. You know, it's, I, I think I think this is done intentionally. Yeah. Um. To this is definitely done intentionally. Like, yes, Sami Zayn is a, as his character is like stealing the spotlight. Yeah. But he's doing it in such a way that's endearing to the fans. He, he's um, making them break character. I, it's I, so funny. I, I think that switch was flipped after that Usi promo. Yeah. Where he's, he's like, not, feel, he's not feeling super Usi. Yeah. I, think I mean, after honestly, that, they flipped the switch. You, you know what the best part about Sami Zayn is. He does this flawlessly. Like he it, does not. He doesn't even put any so effort funny. into trying to break <laughs> these guys. He just does this shit. Even Solo can't resist this. All right. That that uh, that um. The, the Waffle House promo. promo. The Waffle House. Yes. Even, but even like, then, they're all, like, they're all they're all they all look at him and smile because like, oh. it's like oh because they do go to Waffle they, House they, after shows and everything. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. They, it's like Sami Zayn is just there. I think. It's his secondary purpose in the bloodline is to break all of them, including Solo. You know, who Solo's just like this massive, you know, tough ass, you know, take no shit kind of enforcer for the bloodline. 
and Sami Zayn can just cause him to crack up every now and then, just like the rest of the guys. Yeah. You'll see them be like this, like, yeah. <laughs> you know what's even going on? They, they just like, kind of turn the camera like. Even Roman was yeah, doing it's, the. It's hilarious. Like trying not to. Like even Roman was like, "God damn it, Sammy!" <laughs> <laughs> I I truly I truly look forward to every every time Sammy's on screen because something's going something cool is about to happen. Yeah. Um. It, so I'm excited to see what happens. And the, one I, thing, and the one thing I forgot about, he started the year. I think he was Intercontinental Champion earlier in the year. He made that work as well yeah. too. Yes. You know, so the Great Liberator. Yeah. He he's the not as efficient as it as Jericho is, but I think we're going to see Sammy be like a great reinventor of himself as the years go on whenever yeah. it's needed. Like he's in Sammy Uso phase right now. And then we'll probably see like a renewed Sammy Zayn after whatever mm-hmm. happens, maybe back with KO or completely, you know, solo again, but he's proving that he, as a performer, as somebody with a promo, he can, he can do it. So I think we're going to see a lot it's more. It's wild. Of him. It's wild how many times uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens have like fought each other, and they still find ways to make it fresh. Yeah, it's it's wild. Um, it goes back to Ring of Honor too, which is crazy. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I mean. Yeah, they've had like twenty years of history with each other, and I mean, I like to see WWE finally acknowledging a bit of the history of the wrestling industry, not just their they, world of it. They did that when they wrestled each other. Yeah, in NXT. They did acknowledge it in NXT, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, we're going to move to four. I'm just going to do mine real quick. Uh, yeah. It's, I had a really hard time picking number four because it's. I like comedy wrestling. I really do. Yeah. So it came down to either Dexter Loomis or Danhausen, but I have to pick Danhausen. Uh, fair. Fair. Even if like he's not great in the ring at times, like it's just everything he does... It, when he's involved in things is just for some reason so funny to me. And then we had the one moment uh, this year where he did actually like put on a serious persona and actually like wrestle a match and everything and proving like, Hey, when he wants to, he can wrestle. Uh, hey, he's a, he's a great wrestler. He's just he is. wants to be, he wants to be a comedy act. And like, yeah, you know, I respect that. That's the thing. Like every company needs a good, set of comedy actors too. I mean, Santino Morella wouldn't be, he would always be considered like WWE's like comedy guy, you know, the fucking Cobra little sock puppet. And That's everything. really funny. That was really funny. Considering he was like a shooter, like, you know, a shoot wrestler in like OVW. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was his gimmick. Um, Yeah. It was just really hard to pick between Dan Housen and Dexter Loomis. Cause Dexter Loomis had a fantastic, 2022 also just everything he did with the Miz he did was just so funny especially the shot when he's laying under the ring still fucking gets me every time I see it he's <laughs> he, the thing is like it's so weird because he's like an older guy I think he's in like his 40s uh uh-huh but I had never Why, heard of him you could have fooled me yeah I never he's like late 30s or early 40s I think but I had never uh heard of him before like before anything I, in uh, NXT or anything like that. So I, I will say this. Um, I did see him as Samuel Shaw in Impact. This was years ago. He had this feud with um uh with Gunner, you know, former Jack who's also Jackson Riker. The yeah, former Jackson Riker on WWE. They had like a fucking 
they had a feud going on, you know, in that company as well. It was just something I vaguely remember. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was, I like comedy wrestling at time. It breaks up, you know, the ultra seriousness or like the other stories. And it's just always fun to have something, uh, something small there. Uh, he's 38. Just looked it up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I wouldn't be able to tell. Like, <laughs> he doesn't uh, look 38 at all. Yeah. So, I mean, I love comedy and Dan Housen has always been a great, like on screen character whenever I see him. Yeah. So I've had to, it's just like, that's a personal preference choice for me. But uh, what do you sure. got for number four, Decker? I I had Sami Zayn. That's why Sammy we talked about Sami Zayn first. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I had no. I had Sami Zayn. We, we both had Sami Zayn. Uh, so probably moving to number three. <laughs> uh, I, uh, yeah. I I I have Cody Rhodes actually. Um, <laughs> for the reasons for mentioned, the reasons we talked about <laughs> the reasons mentioned previously. I just had I I weighed that much higher, especially given the hype of you know his his departure. Uh, from AEW as a fucking EVP at, at that as a, into as a his EVP. return. Like, yeah. The, like everybody turned on him because he was just like winning titles and everything. And it's like, God damn it. Like this guy's booking yes. himself and all that. It's just yeah. like, so everybody hated him. And then he shows up at WWE and everybody loves him. Yep. He's everyone's going to love him anymore. when he's surprised. <laughs> everyone's going to love him when he surprised returns at the rumble. That's your fan base for you. Don't even put him at number yep. 30. Have him come out as number two and have him win the thing. Like, right. <laughs> let, like book uh, that my, decision. Uh, unironically, my, my fantasy booking is he loses the Rumble, but the final the final four includes him and Sammy, and Sammy wins the Rumble. I can see that. I think that, that would be compelling. Tools. Accidentally. Um, let Sammy yeah, win it accidentally. Accidentally. No, like, yeah. let, no, like, let him legitimately like win it by accident, and then set up the whole thing of like him trying to get out of a championship match. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, no, I no, you my tribal chief. Uh, who you got for number three? Uh, X. I got Chris Jericho. All the reasons for a litany of reasons. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I believe we discussed him earlier, start. but yeah. Jericho, like I said, like we mentioned earlier, he just goes through so many reinventions and yet it still feels fresh. Um, I think one of the things he did this year that was kind of intriguing was he brought back his old Lionheart gimmick from ECW. I yeah. mean, he came out with the Rob Zombie. I mean, he came out with the uh, white zombie theme. He, his old gear from ECW. He taps into that and then he just taps right back into his current character. Um, he goes to the wizard. And then he taps into his other gimmicks, the pain maker. Like he does these things, and yet somehow it still feels fresh with Jericho. Okay. But the thing is, but the biggest thing he did this year was the Ring of Jericho run when he was yes. the Ring of Honor World Champion. Um, that was some of his most entertaining work he's done in quite some time. Okay. Because yeah. the whole premise of Chris Jericho being the world of the Ring of Honor World Championship was him bringing dishonor to the title. And making that work in such a fantastic way. Because he wanted I, to... I think those... ironically making it, making it dishonorable was a way of like flipping it around and making the title actually like relevant again. Yeah. yeah. Dare I say honorable again? Honorable. Because they had because somebody had to beat him to restore the honor to the title. Yes. But the thing is, what I was disappointed about was I was hoping they would go in that I was hoping that storyline would go in the direction. Where um Daniel Garcia was the Ring of Honor Pure Champion, 
and he would just come out and say, I'm going to go out and face every champion, including current Ring of Honor pure champions, and he would just, like, smack Daniel Garcia and the rest of the Jericho Appreciation Society would just jump him. There's... It would lead to a match where Daniel Garcia holds both titles. This has been a thing with AEW feuds where I appreciate long builds to things. Like, I appreciate the organicness of it. I think not having Garcia help Brian, helping Dan, Brian Danielson win was the missed opportunity to turn, uh, to create a whole new star. Yeah. Like, I think, I really I think, think that Daniel was, Garcia. that was the moment to pull the trigger because now Daniel Garcia is just back to being a lackey without any like real story behind him right now. If he had come in, helped Bryanson win, like Daniel Bryanson, like that would just, that would have been it. Like that would have been the star making moment. Cause then you can set him up against Jericho, you know, give him the babyface run against the faction. And it's like, it's, it's a weird missed opportunity. It's like what's going on with Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. We know that Jamie's going to turn on her or Britt Baker's going to turn on Jamie at some point. It just needs to, it just needs to happen. On. Like just, just let it happen. It just needs to happen. <laughs> it needs to happen like, after no, this no, no. tag let team the, match. Let them tease it. Like after this tag team match of Paige and Tony. I'm okay with teasing. I'm okay with the teasing. It's just, Pay the, the, the pay the storyline off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just pull the trigger on it. Like they could have done this with uh, several storylines, and they end up like they did it with Hangman Adam Page with no problem. Yeah. What's the problem with him just pulling the trigger on these storylines? Because they're not finishing them. It's like an unfinished subplot. Yeah. It's... Okay. It was an unfinished plot, and I don't like how they just leave that hanging. Yeah. That's it's... a gripe I have with AEW at the moment. AEW likes to do that so that. Later on, they can pull that thread of like, hey, remember when you did this to me? I'm going to fuck you over. Yeah, like I said, I understand uh, like like, the slow well, burn. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, I just want to see Jamie on I, a solo I, run, you know? Like, we're not we're not used to it because of how WWE, it. like, finishes a storyline after, like, a month. Yeah, it was soap opera writing. Yeah. Where it's the equivalent of WWE putting out an episode a day. Except every week, and they're yeah, just exactly. trying to—they're just trying to push stuff because they have a pay-per-view in four weeks to get to. Yep. Where here we have three months between you know all of our pay-per-views and everything, so they have to kind of build stuff up and not rush things. Yeah, there was a period where WWE was trying to build pay-per-views in two weeks because they had so many. Yeah. You know, and uh, that wasn't a good idea. Um, my number three, Swerve. Just everything he did last year, yep. crazy swerve. Uh, his ability in ring is great. great. Him as kill shot was great. Him, his whole feud, beginning feud with Keith Lee. Uh, it's officially started, but they've written like Keith Lee off with the you know injury of the cinder block and everything. Yeah. So when Keith Lee comes back, I it's gonna be a banger feud. I can't wait. <clears throat> uh, I might get to some different ones now. We've. I know some names that haven't been said, so who's your number two? No, no, we are not. Not with me. Okay. I have MJF <laughs> at number two. Okay. Uh, for someone who only wrestled nine matches this year, every single match he wa- he wrestled in, I want to see him lose yeah. really badly because he makes, he brings that out of you when he cuts promos. I don't particularly think a lot of his promos are like, as good as people think they they're are not groundbreaking, but they they're not groundbreaking. Uh, they're they're very just like simple heat feuds or heat promos yes. to like piss off the audience. 
a lot of the time. Right. And it works. It works. And it works. MJ and I want to see his face get kicked in. Contractually obligated to appear in Seattle. <laughs> Was how he was 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 how he was advertised to be on TV. Amazing. So it's like um, it, it does but, bleed but into I, actual like meta humor too. I, I I do think that he had a really good. I think he had a really great twenty twenty two. I think the I dog actually think match, having his right that was this year. The dog collar match yeah, was I mean, twenty twenty two. I believe. Yeah, the dog collar match with CM Punk was just a great bloody affair with a great build brutal. and a great story behind it. So I. And I think I think the uh, I think the 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 Casino Royale ladder match where he just had his goons do his work for him. I thought that was remarkable. He should have kept the mask. That was some good shit. He should have kept the mask. I I think every I don't think you do it all the time, but I think every now and again you have a gimmick match where you just have a bunch of goons jump in and like, you know, fuck with it. I think that's fine. Yeah, I think that's completely fine. Because also, I think the people that they had in that match weren't people with a lot of storylines at the moment. So right. there was the feeling of like, this just feels like a filler match. So we were expecting, mm-hmm. you know, the main event to be where MJF came back. But they're like, no, we're going to use this match that does seem a bit off to just reintroduce this new faction led by MJF, who it's clear it's MJF, but we like this mysterious persona. And then at the end of the I night, like have him return to close the show. In all MJF, yeah. you know, glory. It was really, it was a really, it was super well done. It was, and I will give and, credit like to said, Tony Khan. It was really well done, and it didn't do anything too crazy. It was what it needed to be. It was just crazy enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's who I have at number two. Who you got, X? I had John Moxley at number two. At number one. Um. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> John John Moxley is quite possibly the most dependable pro wrestler you can have on a roster, especially after all of the shit that happened with AEW during, you know, CM Punk's run. Um, Whenever you need a see, the thing is, whenever you need somebody that can just come in and keep things moving, whenever a chaotic situation occurs, that's a plus to have. And John Moxley has been that plus to all of 2022. Um, when that Thanks. press like when that press conference had um that tumultuous press conference that CM Punk had where he just pretty much destroyed yeah, everything he every bit of goodwill he worked up for <laughs> over a year. He became champion. He then he started. He used that moment to shit on everybody he worked with. You know there was backstage fight. Um, they had to strip the title off of CM Punk, and I don't know if Tony Khan had a plan for what was going to happen after that. But John Moxley just kind of stepped in that place and he basically carried AEW through a really, really bad and embarrassing period where, you know, it was almost, it was almost neutralized by just the sheer work that he did. He pretty much got, he pretty much pulled MJF through that feud that he was supposed to have with CM Punk. He stepped in his place. He made that work. And, um, He's just the guy you have to have in a situation like this. John Moxley has been working his ass off the entire year. And on top of that, he went down, he came back from, because I remember this still, he came back in January after he did a stint in rehab. Yeah. Okay. Um, To come back from working through personal demons, to come back and do that 
is why I put him at number two. Okay, you have to have some serious willpower to go through all of that stuff, come back and still be the absolute workhorse of a company. Uh, a workhorse for your company, excuse me. Can't talk right now. Um, I appreciated that from John Moxley. And uh, that's the reason why he's a locker room leader. He's one of the top guys in the company. And is he the best wrestler in the world? That's debatable. Okay, because there's several to choose from. But he is the hardest working, most dependable pro wrestler in the world at the moment. He's definitely, like I said, he's the ace. He is. He is. He is AEW's ace, much like Okada is New Japan's, Romans, WWE's. And then on top of that, he just goes and has death matches in JCW forever. He started his career in deathmatch wrestling and he still does it every now and again. Like he just goes off and does deathmatch wrestling every now and then. It's like, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's, it's nuts. That's why I like John Moxley. He's at number two for that reason. Yeah, like I have him, I have him at number one for most of the same reasons. Uh, my number two is Darby Allen. He's still proving, even as the roster gets bloated and new people come in and new storylines start, Darby Allen's a constant in AEW. And he's not trying to fight his way higher. He's in a position and he is doing his role in that position he's doing alongside sting you know it's like and i mean they're you know kind of carrying that upper mid card of the company Mm -hmm. right now like he is the dependable upper mid card guy he's not trying to go for the world title he got his tnt title back because i mean he does bring eyes tv the fans love him you know it's Mm. and i mean he's fucking nuts i don't think he's gonna have a long career if he continues doing what he's doing oh of course not but um to say like jeff hardy thing to say that his feud was like this him and sting against you know andrade and all that like that feud had some you know fucking great story behind it and then the banger of a match he had with samoa joe and both of them still coming out looking like fucking champions because everything going on with them and joe having to take two coffin drops to put down it's like the fact that he could wrestle a match against a man like Joe and still make it believable. You know, he never go on Darby's Instagram because, like, no. I, I, I have Darby on Instagram and uh, he does some really, I don't need really that stress in my life. Shit. <laughs> like, no, 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 I just want to bring this up real quick because on Instagram, he does like sometimes they'll just have him doing like insane stunts and shit where he like did a jump with a truck, I believe, yeah. and like he did like a crash. Yeah, that's all him jump with a truck over a house. Like, <laughs> yeah, he jumped the truck over a house and crashed into like some other fucking cars. Yeah, so like Darby Allen is insane. Like I don't know how long of a career he's gonna have pro wrestling wise. And oh, and there was just that match he had with uh, Jeff Hardy, I believe, wasn't that 2022 yeah. where he just yeah, jumped yeah. off the ladder and nearly broke his spine on all those chairs. I think what it's just like, oh, that's how that feels. I yeah. think what I'll illustrates my point sometimes. about Darby Allen though, you have Darby Allen next to Sting. And he's not being overshadowed by Sting. No, he's not. Because he's just that good of a, he's, he's just he's that fine. good of a performer. He's that charismatic. You know, like it's wild to think that hey, this guy is going to be put next to one of the greatest legends in this fucking business, and they're going to stand Still as bumping. equals, and they're going to be and they're going to feel like equals. Like that is yeah, absurd for somebody like that. As iconic as Sting is. 
for him to not be overshadowed by Sting, it, as a matter of fact, Sting is, if anything, is being overshadowed by Darby Allen. That just goes to show you how talented Darby is. I like okay, Sting and how and insane son, he is at like, times, too. I do like the duo. It is father and son. I do. Yeah. Well, I think Sting is like, I think in an interview he said, like, being paired with Darby and like getting back into like these kind of matches has like renewed his like love of this like industry too. And I mean, the guy's jumping off a balcony yeah. is to put Andrade through a table. Like, <laughs> worry about Sting. The man, the man is still bumping in like At his 60 like what 60s? I think he's 62, he's but he shit. looks great. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, but like the fact that you can have Darby next to Sting and they feel like equals is just an is an indication of just his talent as a wrestler and just as somebody who yep. is on your screen each each week it's wild i need to see him in more feuds against big guys for the tnt title i want to see miro come back eventually to get the title off him again you know you you you, you can put darby against anybody and he can make that look and like both a million wrestlers bucks. will come out looking better like it's a lot better crazy. than they have a lot better than they went going in uh move on to number one like i mentioned uh, mine is john moxley for all the reasons that x pointed out the guy us uh, on in terms of on tv is single-handedly carrying the company through a dark time i hope yeah. that at the end of this feud with hangman the guy can get his vacation vacation he needs it <laughs> like he needs a nap <laughs> like let <laughs> let some storyline reason for page to like let moxley take a vacation <laughs> The guy really it'd just be, needs his really, vacation. <laughs> it'd be really cool if, like, if uh, if Hangman gives him like the receipt lariat. Yeah, it knocks him um, unconscious and actually storyline gives him a concussion. Because with Regal gone too, I think Moxley's kind of outside of this feud with Hangman is just going to be kind of treading water when the feud's over. Unless yeah, they just like yeah. throw him right into another thing. So let Moxley take a break, man. The guy carried your company for the last few months and just he deserves a break. Let him go home and see his kid. <laughs> like John John Mo John Moxley is the Larry of 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 this of this company. Uh yeah. Larry from Pokemon Violet. Yeah, and mm -hmm. again, anybody that goes against John Moxley comes out looking better. I mean, a yes. preview by number one tag team is top flight. They look like a million bucks after that match with Moxley and Claudio, yeah. like for as young as they are, like those guys did their job to help top flight look like the next generation of tag team. It, yes. They are so smart in the ring. Moxley has such a good mind for this business. I mean, he does bleed every match, which is kind of dumb, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he fits the brawler that AEW needs like there's a lot of technical wrestlers there's a lot of high flyers moxley is that pure brawler he's the stone cold of AEW. like he punches you in the face kicks you in the nuts and he's not, he's not going to shit talk he's going to climb to the ring he's going to beat the shit out of you <laughs> he's going to yeah. beat the hell out of you that's what I he does i respect it i mean the fact that he uh, can single-handedly like help a company through a time like that that is why he's earned the first spot on my list like AEW should be indebted to john moxley <laughs> For the last few months. Uh, so I have Roman Reigns at number one for a very similar reason uh, to having John Moxley, because if John Moxley is in is, or if AEW is indebted to John Moxley, I think WWE is indebted to Roman Reigns for just how much he has carried them. Like if you didn't give him both titles, 
I think whoever you had on, uh, say, Raw as your world champion would have paled in comparison to Roman Reigns yeah. and just what he's doing with the bloodline. And his promo work has gotten so much better in over the years. Um, and I think it's gotten I think it's been it's hit. It's like apex here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the in, heel persona in 2022. The heel persona was the shock that the career needed. So, yes, I I think I think he's doing I think he's doing big things. I think it's time for someone else to visit the island of relevancy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I think I think those seeds are being planted uh, this this month. Yeah. So I'll be I'm I'm giving him the 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 salute with the number one spot in 2022 as we uh, as we give his title reign the Viking funeral that it so rightly deserves. The thing is, like with everything going on with him and Sammy and Ko and all that story, it well it can still be great without the titles. Like there's yes. still enough story behind it that you don't even have to have the titles in that picture anymore to keep that story right. going. I also had to give the number one spot to Roman Reigns also, because throughout this whole now throughout the 2022, as a matter of fact, going back the last two years, going back to when he first won the Universal Title. His character work is leaps and bounds above what he used to be. Okay. Everything this dude does in the ring right now, and I get it, you know, and I get the criticisms. Yes, sometimes it's a storyline. It's gets mostly repetitive. the same match. It, a lot of the time, it's, it's the same spears, match. It goes Superman too long. punches, somebody's going through an announce it table. Goes, There's not and, a lot of He wrestling. walks around the ring and he walks around the ring and he talks shit like every five, every five seconds. That's fine. The thing about Roman Reigns that I like. This year, above everybody else, is the way he he does his character work, the way he incorporates his facial expressions, and the way he looks sometimes whenever something happens. Like a prime example of this was like when Sami Zayn and Jay Uso were arguing and shit about you know Jay Uso believing Sami Zayn was intruding on his family, and when Sami Zayn was like. Oh, well, what was it? What did he say? He said, oh, it's when uh, Jay like, said he doesn't give a peace. damn. He doesn't give a yeah. damn about like, And you just see Roman like look up peace. and like. That, that, head, that head turn. I don't give a damn what the tribal chief says. And Roman just looks up at the camera with almost perfect timing. Yeah. And yeah. then they kind of. And, the and then the production was good on that because they zoom in on his face and he just has this look in his face like, you raggedy bitch, you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, so around, he turns around slowly. And he just kind of looks at Jay and he walks up slowly to him and it's like, do we have a problem? Yeah, it's See, just like the slow, the like, you want to repeat that's that? That's what Roman did best this year, you know? He's an intimidating, he's an intimidating villain. Yeah. I think, I think that, I think that whole promo, that whole segment was like the perfect storm of things that happened. Yeah. Of like, like you mentioned, like this back and forth between Sammy and Jay, where it culminated to a point where Jay said something that was off script. And then Roman perfectly just goes up and turns, and then mm-hmm. Sami Zayn picks it up again. Like it's it's, it's just this not, perfect storm of a and segment. And on, and on top of that, and on top of that, Sami Zayn was really the perfect foil for Roman Reigns because he kind of also he also also brought Roman Reigns' lighthearted side out of him as well. Yes, which he leaned into that also. Okay, so Roman Reigns showed a lot of versatility this year, character-wise. Like I said, matches were pretty much the same, but he showed a lot of character versatility this year that worked on camera, and I yeah. loved it. 
What was no, it on? Uh, really good. What was it on Friday? Uh, Sammy offered him popcorn, and he denied it. But when the cameras cut back to it, him and Paul Heyman had their own popcorn. Like yeah. with them, it's like yeah. it's those little comedy moments, you know that. Uh-huh. Like I think at really accent that storyline because he is like this imposing, like I am the one like leading this company because I'm the one at the top, and I have my lackeys and everything. And it's like when the lackeys get out of line, he just puts on like this boss like, you want to repeat that for me? Like the intimidating right. like boss like getting like looking down at you is like, do we have a problem here? But like he can, but like and then again he can lean into the lighthearted stuff as well, like yeah. the stuff that Sammy does. So. Like I said, I had to put No Moment at number one for that reason. He's just gotten so much better as a character over the last two years compared to the rest of his career. For sure. Yeah. It, like, he he went from saying suffering succotash in a promo. Oh, God. Yeah. Jesus. Again, though, everything like he, with our first with our first and everything with Moxley and Reigns, it, again, Roman, uh, Rollins is the third most successful member of the Shield. <laughs> like, <laughs> but he's at the top two and uh it looks, again yeah. it's like that thing where it's like moxley and reigns are you know the world title picture but you have seth steering the ship of the mid card so everybody's kind of like in their roles uh, in a way but yeah yeah i mean great we list. got there <laughs> a lot of great list a lot yeah. of uh common names a lot of names Overlap. that didn't you know make the list like none of us i think had brian danielson uh hangman page like there's a lot of names there's... that didn't make the list but again like if we're looking at just the overall year i mean danielson puts on great matches but he hasn't really done much outside of the uh blackpool combat club story and there's not really a lot going on with regal being gone now hangman just kind of stalled out this year too yeah you know, up until this whole thing with moxley he kind of stalled out after yeah, that he whole... i he had, his, he had his feud. They kept him off TV for a bit after everything with CM Punk. I mean, yeah. they, they were still kind of dealing with, you know, Dark Order stuff. So. I think for me, um, I wanted to focus in on people who, like, had a breakout year, like Wheeler yeah. Yuta, like Kanosuke Takeshita, like Jonah, like these people who had these, like, these, these years of, like, no, you're going to watch me. This is, this is, you're going to watch me work, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that that was a lot of what helped me along with this list, especially particularly for the men and the tag teams. Yeah. Uh so we got through the men's column. And one in an hour and a half. So I guess we'll figure out scheduling for the next few. But uh yeah, I mean that's it. You know, I want to hear in the comments from anybody watching who watches wrestling, like who are your top ten for you know, twenty twenty two, who do you think had a breakout year? I don't watch all the promotions. I mean, I barely watch wrestling as it is. I catch everything on Twitter a lot these days. I I'll buy the AEW pay-per-views when they come out, or I'll go to a buddy's house to watch the WWE ones. But like weekly wrestling, I don't really follow. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of promotions. I I, there's a lot of promotions I don't watch. More. I mean, the women's column, like there's probably fucking superstars in stardom that I'm just not even aware of. You know, so I'd love to hear what other people have to. Uh, bring to the table here but uh yeah anything uh to add Deca, before we wrap up everything uh uh no uh well so this is completely unrelated to wrestling um uh-huh. but with the with the ogl being implemented uh supposedly soon ish oh yeah the uh, i have opted 
I have opted not to continue uh, Call of the Netherdeep on my on this channel because we, including X and all the other guests we've had, have worked way too fucking hard on this channel, and we're not gonna. I'm not gonna lose it. I'm not going to be the cause of losing it because Hasbro decided they wanted to get in our pockets. Big move, Hasbro. And I yeah. think uh, well, the thing that people argue is that live streams and stuff would fall under the fan content policy, which is a different thing altogether. But I think the overall spirit of it is with how Hasbro is doing things, we just don't want to present that product until, you know, they're not going to dick the community over. So, right. yeah, that, so, is, that is my that is my stance on that is that I will I will, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So call won't. another depot will not be continuing if anybody was hoping for that, you know, sorry, we might find I, I apologize. I mean, if you still, re if I don't know if he's going to continue recording sessions, we might give you all a means to get it all later, potentially. Um, the Dummies and D20s channel will continue the Naruto campaign. It is still D&D, &D, but it's still fairly different uh, enough to be its own thing. Uh, not sure what we're going to do with Dark Tide since that's fifth edition. <laughs> and if they dick over the community, I don't know if i want to run that uh at least I, in that system I'm, so i guess we might move the pathfinder if wizards fucks everybody uh, pathfinder is also an ogl so we got to work on that too i don't oh, think wow. second edition might be a little different but uh i don't i think second edition is well because i i think what it's a whole uh, topic for another uh yeah episode. yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But, well, um, another for, for the sake of this channel uh unfortunately call of the nether deep is going to be canceled uh, in its current state and if you're not watching the I, podcast I, we'll definitely put up another video with the announcement uh more officially so woo wizards oh. alienating everybody <laughs> like, uh but yeah um i guess we need to work out where we can get uh the women in the tag team episodes recorded uh at some point at some point so you'll probably see us for the next uh, two weeks Ooh. after this, also, mm -hmm. yeah. As we, I'm uh, down if you guys are, we're not going to adjust our list. This is all strictly for 2022. So even if they put on bangers in the next few weeks, uh, that did not apply for 2022. So yeah, right. that that's why Okada wasn't was much lower on my list because he didn't win the title until this year, until 2023. Oh shit, he did. Okada was disqualified from my list. That's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so. We'll be on the lookout for probably a small announcement video in regards to Call of the Nether Deep. And yeah, we'll probably yeah. see X for the next two weeks after this as we do our first three part uh, podcast series. Just hey. talking about wrestling. Hopefully, uh, people like this. I can't wait to get to the tag teams because there is a kind of last year tag was kind of a golden is... year of tag team wrestling. So it truly was. I can't wait for the tag teams. Uh, women is going to be fun too. There has been a lot of good women's matches last year, also, and a lot of good stories from across wrestling. I, I but, think there's a lot less overlap in those two lists too. From yeah, what I've seen. Uh, yeah, most of my tag teams are actually just male tag teams. It's, there's yep. not a large enough number uh, of female tag teams, at least in the ones that I watch. So, but uh, yeah, but women's yeah, list. I'm, be that, yeah. I can see. I think we're going to have a lot of common names on that uh, women's list. And I think a lot of us uh, might have a top three that are very similar to each other. <laughs> um, yeah, most likely. But uh, yeah, so 
thank you all for watching. We'll probably, if we don't make these the core episodes for the week, these will, the next two episodes will definitely be released as extra episodes over the weeks. So I'll be that. And uh, yeah, I uh, got nothing else. So for without context, I guess we'll see you guys later. Bye, everybody. Bye. Have a good night, y'all.